the goal is to have an off-grid community fully self-sustainable with its own economy. You know, that beta test community will go on for several years. And then um, 10, 12, 13, 14, 15 years down the road, I am very hopeful of who I'm going to be and the power I will have and the capability I'll have. And I'm like, you know, maybe I get 1,000 acres. Maybe I get 2,000 acres. Like my dream is I want to have like uh, 20 miles by 20 miles worth of land. And um, that way we can create a new society. I'm really unhappy with the, uh, the way society is. So um, the best thing that I can think to do is to leave society to create a new one and completely reinvent everything. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to Root Awakening Health Podcast, you guys. This is an amazing episode. I have never met somebody like our guest today. I've heard stories about people like our guest today, but I've never really met anyone whose brain works like this. Scott Hall joins us on this episode, and Scott is a raw meat eater. But let me tell you guys, we talk about topics that were never talked about before on my other raw meat episodes. Scott wants to start a commune. I keep calling it a commune. He calls it a community of, you know, basically a no internet community where there's really thoughtful farming happening and really specific values happening, but not so specific that they look like religious values. Just Scott is such a fascinating person. He's very one-track mind in the sense that this raw meat diet, which is the diet of Ogenus Wunderplanets, this diet is so important to him. It's like the number one important thing to him because to him, health, physical health, leads to health in all other areas of life. And that is hard to argue with. He has a lot of points that are hard to argue with. He's really good at explaining his thought process and making good points, I would say. So he eats high meat, which is raw meat that has been fermented. So it's basically like rotting meat, but not rotting meat. He eats that and they call it high meat because it makes you high. Like it, 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 is like a psychedelic experience. I haven't done this yet, but I want to, especially after talking to Scott about it. It just sounds like a fun experiment. So he tells us about that. He tells us about a lot of his other practices and how he wants to build this community in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, where he just moved. And he's just one of these people that his brain works so differently than mine. And he thinks about things very directly and he speaks very directly. And he he's semi-controversial I would say in the in the health world but he's a really sweet guy and very you know very grounded so he's a fascinating personality I can't wait for you guys to listen to this you got to follow him on Instagram because he's just fascinating to listen to he's very captivating so enjoy this episode so you guys Here's the thing. Let's just cut right to the effing point. I am a self-development coach. Root Awakening is a self-development company. Here is how you can get in touch with my content and learn more about what I do and get support from my content. 
You can follow me on Instagram at emilys.rootawakening. Root is spelled R-O-O-T. You can get on my email list via my link in bio on Instagram. And I send out like two to three emails a week, but it's not just selling all my shit, right? It's literally, it's tips that I don't share with the rest of the world just for you guys. And it gives us this, this tribe space for me to share extra support with you. And this is support that I learn on my day to day. So it's like real time advice. Once I learn to heal something, I kind of share it with you guys. You can also work with me one-on-one. I do coaching like life coaching, Um, If you want to start your own business, if you want to bring in something into your life, that could be joy, that could be happiness, that could be a material item. I help you do that. I help you get what you want in life. So you can email me. My email is in the show notes. You can also DM me on Instagram about my one-to-one coaching. And then I have two different group coaching courses. I have Manifestation Exploration, which is a online course about how to manifest, but it's also a group coaching course. So I coach the course and you get to meet like-minded people who are into manifestation and all that. And we just launched Type B Business School. Do you know about the Type A, Type B personality types? The Type A personality type is very organized, very structured. They fit really well into typical society. We need people like this. This is amazing. We need the organized people. We need the consistent people. We need the mathematically brained thinkers. We need the people that are like very typical to like what we get taught in public schools. We need those people. I'm not one of those people. I'm a type B person. I'm flowy. I'm all over the place. I'm not organized. I'm not driven. I'm not a go-getter. I'm not a go-getter. Some of you may think that I am, but I've never seen myself like that. I've never seen myself as outgoing and yet I have created a business. How have I created this business? I have a system and I teach you that in the Type B Business School. There is a bonus in the Type B Business School, which is an online course by the way. There is a bonus in the Type B Business School that is called the Confidence Workshop. So you get the Confidence Workshop. You get the Type B Business School online course to show you how to build your business from the ground up. I'm talking tech. I'm talking starting your social media page. I'm talking content creation. I give you literally everything you need. Payment platforms to start your alternative business service or product-based online business. You get it all plus a group coaching program. So I coach the group. You can meet other people that are like-minded to you. And it's on pre-sale right now. There is a pre-sale price that you can grab. It's the cheapest price this business school will ever be. And you can find the pre-sale price and you can learn more about the course in my link in bio. All right, let's get moving with this episode. We also just wanted to put an extra disclaimer in here that Scott is not a doctor, he's not a practitioner, he's not giving you recommendations about your health, he's just talking about his opinion on what he thinks is a good diet for him, and we just wanted to make that super clear for you guys, so he's not instructing you to do anything, we're just talking about food and how Scott sees food for himself. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Root Awakening, a health podcast. I'm really excited for this episode. I love this person so much, even though I don't know him that well, but he's such a character. Scott Hall is with me today for this episode. So Scott just wanted me to introduce him like that, Scott Hall. Um, But he is a really... I would say hardcore raw meat eater. So I had a couple other episodes on this podcast with raw meat guys who eat that diet. But Scott stays, as far as I know, we're going to talk about it. But last I saw, he stays very strict to this diet. So Agenis Wonder Planets is a man 
who is like the father, I guess, of the raw meat diet, like the raw primal diet. And Scott stays like very, very close to this diet. So a lot of people would look at Scott and say, he's very extreme with what he does. I love that. I love that so much because I love eccentric people. And I think, I haven't told this to you yet, Scott, but I believe that people who are extreme with what they do or controversial, at the end of the day, they are very memorable and they get a lot of eyes on them. And that allows more people to access their stuff and they are very influential and they can change a lot of people's lives. And Scott actually has shared some stuff on social media that I have shared in my audience and it has affected people who don't have a raw meat diet in a positive way which I guess we can get into later, but I just really appreciate that about Scott. So in my eyes, he's just so who he, who he is, so dedicated to what he wants, and he doesn't really give a shit if some people don't like that. And in fact, Scott, I've read some of your content where like you think dogma is a good thing. So I would love to talk about all these, these topics. And Scott, although he just wanted me to introduce him by name. He also does health consultations. He also is starting these drum circles in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and we're going to talk about that more too. But Scott Hall, thank you so much for joining us on Root Awakening, a health podcast. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Okay. So based on what I just said about you, do you agree? Am I describing you in the correct way? Has anything changed yes, since yeah. when I last checked out your content? That's accurate. <laughs> okay, so let's just start off with this because this is what I tell people. You know, like I said, I had some people who are not in the raw meat world be really positively affected by some of your content. I'll just say it right now. So, one of Ogenus Wonder Planet's uh, values is for people to get fat when they're healing, right? Yeah. 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 And you were we'll go into maybe why that is if you're open to sharing that with us Scott but you were <laughs> you had this beautiful video about that and you were saying everything so matter of factly well i have people in my audience that deal with eating disorders and anorexia or have have dealt with that in the past and they were so inspired by you saying that not so much because they have a other physical health issues that they want to heal but they felt a little bit like they were given permission by a man like by by a man to be fat or curvy and i think that's something that is really important as much as we like to say oh you know we should just we should want to look how we want and we shouldn't care about what other people think for women to hear a man say that a straight man you have a girlfriend right yeah yeah, for, for women to hear a straight man say that, that we should be fat, is like, it's relieving to us. So that was very powerful. Um, so where am I going with this? Okay, so let's talk about that. Let's just let's just start by that. So what is this thing about, like, Ogenus's value to be fat when healing? Okay, so to start, I want to explain sickness and disease. So disease is the result of toxins accumulating in the body and damaging the body, preventing proper function. And sickness is the process of the body removing toxins. So if you're coughing, sneezing, vomit, diarrhea, whatever your symptom is, that's the body removing poisons. So when a poison enters the body, 
it tends to store in fat. And if you don't have a lot of fat, most of your fat is going to be in your bone marrow, uh, your brain, and uh, in your uh, nervous system and inside your cells. So it'll cause damage if you ingest a lot of toxicity and you're skinny. That's why skinnier people are less stable, more anxious. And um, if you look at bodybuilders, when they lose their weight before a bodybuilding competition, that's when they're more likely to get injured. And if you look at all the athletes, the fatter athletes are always the strongest. They might not be the fastest, but they're the strongest. So um, like four or five months ago, I gained 10, I gained 40 pounds in 10 weeks and I felt so much better. And um, like the fatter I am, the better I feel. And I did a bunch of traveling and I lost my weight. I'm still about 15, 20 pounds heavier than I was before I gained that weight. Um, and I want to gain it back. I went from 165 to 205. And then now I'm at like 180, but my goal is to get to 255. That's my goal. I want to get super fat. Um, the, the fatter I am, the better I feel. And um, on the diet, you can uh, force detoxes. And if you detox too hard without having enough fat, you can cause damage because you don't have the nutrients to absorb the poisons. So the fatter you are, the harder you can detox, the faster you can heal, the more you can handle. So um, I just figured the fatter I get, the faster I'm going to get healthy. And Ajanis doesn't really talk about a limit with how fat you can get. He tells people with uh, chronic cancer, really bad cases to get to 30% body fat. For me, that'd be like 235 pounds. I did the math and um, I'm like, let's just see what happens if I go bigger because he's never said that there's a limit. He's never implied that there is a limit. He basically like, if you can't function, you know, you can't function, but you know, I just want to see how fat I can get. That's amazing. This is amazing. And you want to, you want to go past that because one, it's an experiment and two, you say the fatter you get, the better you feel. So why not? Yeah. And, um, every once in a while, a client comes to Ogenus and gets amazing results and they did something that he never expected them to. And then he starts experimenting with more people and they all get amazing results. And I, I just like fantasize that I could do this and I'd meet Ajanis and he'd tell me that I got the most amazing progress he's ever seen. That's my goal. It's like, if I can meet him, I'd want him to tell me that I did a great job, you know, with my totally. healing stuff. Yeah. Totally. I'm so like that too. I told my therapist the other day, like, I want to be the best, the one, one of your best clients, <laughs> you know, I'm like competitive like that. Like I want to be the best healer, you know? Um, yeah. Okay. So you healed Tourette's in your yeah. body. Yeah. That's fucking wild. I always tell people that that's where I was going when I asked you that random for first question about getting fat. The, the non raw meat people, for lack of a better term, asked about you or they're just like, who's this guy? And I was like, this motherfucker healed Tourette's in his body. Like, this is incredible. This is one of those things that most of the world or at least most of the first world doesn't know is a curable thing that you can totally remove from your life like schizophrenia is curable people don't know that so would you like to tell us a little bit about that journey for you yeah so I uh fixed my Tourette's before I even found the diet Whoa. Um, so the main thing that causes caused my Tourette's is food coloring red dye 40 blue 50 yellow 5 etc all the food coloring food coloring is heavy metals it is a heavy metal um it irritates the nervous system and my mom in middle school when i was in middle school she studied online researched and uh she made me quit eating food coloring and my Tourette's went down to like 10 or 20 percent of what it was um actually there's more towards high school but yeah my Tourette's went down to like 10 20 percent um much more calm and uh less hyperactive 
And uh, then when I went to a whole food diet where I cooked everything myself, even though it was a cooked diet, I had no processing and um, it was organic. And um, the charts was like two to 5%. And then I started on the diet and it got even better. And um, but the thing is, it's weird. Um, I went to some hot springs and I spent a lot of time in the hot springs and my Tourette's came back a little bit. Um, so ever since then, I've had a little bit of Tourette's now um, when I get stressed. And what I think it is, is uh, I think the hot baths, the hot springs started melting it out of my system and it started detoxing it. So if you take a medication, if you take a bunch of a medication, you quit. When you get on the diet, you can feel like you're on that medication again because it starts detoxing. Or it happens with drugs too. You can detox the drug and get a high a second time. So um, that's what I think was happening. I just started detoxing that stuff when I was in the hot springs for a long time. Um, but yeah, it's mostly gone, but you know. Majority animal-based diet, when I started doing that, the bumps got worse. When I started working in for fermented food and raw milk, the bumps got worse. They got worse before they got better. So the idea behind the die-off is like, you have whatever toxins in my body that are causing these reactions, when they start to die, they have like more toxins stored inside the cell. So when the cell like breaks apart and dies, then you have like more of those toxins floating around loose in your system, which can cause like your symptoms to get worse. But then once you clear out all of the toxins, it gets better. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, one thing is um, you can have symptoms, you can have some issue and you can stop the detox and the symptoms will go away but the root cause is still there. Um, so there's a lot, a lot of health practices that people think are healthy, but they're actually unhealthy. So what I'm referring to is health practices that cause an emergency response in the body. So examples would be taking supplements or fasting or doing a cold exposure. All that puts stress in the body and causes it to stop what it's doing and start handling what you're doing to it right now. So like if you take a, a supplement, every supplement is usually made with kerosene or it doesn't even like them. They take like a, a lot of the time what they do is they go to a food mini, food manufacturer and they buy the leftover food waste and then they soak it in kerosene and um, it's a very toxic product. And what that will do is um, you're putting poison in your body and your body goes to handle that new poison. It stops detoxing the old poison. And it also has an adrenaline response, which gives you, gives you a high. So it causes your old symptoms to go away because it has to handle the new poison. So like you could have some symptoms and you could take a, an ice bath and then your symptoms go away, but that's not because it cured you. It's because it, your body has to handle what you're doing to it right now. So a lot of emergency response practices are not always healthy. And well, the thing, the things that cause emergency responses are not healthy. So, um, yeah, you can stop a detox and you can feel better, but you can cause the detox and feel worse, but then you remove the poison from the system. And when it's over, you're healthier. If that makes sense. I kind of. Wait, say that last word around. again. When you detox, you get symptoms because the poison's coming out of the body. So, you know, you can make a detox stronger. You could feel worse for a little bit, but when it's over, you removed all the poisons and then there's no more poisons there. Yes. Yes. I think that's what I'm talking about. And you reminded me that, yeah, you guys, Scott isn't a fan of fasting or cold exposure. And you used to do both of those things a lot, right? Yeah, I would do do it all. Um, I was vegan. I was trying to be breatharian. I was fasting incredibly hard. 
and I would um, go for walks in the snow, barefoot and shirtless in my shorts. And um, at some days, every morning, every night, and I did a lot of crazy spiritual practice and um, cold showers and all that stuff. I used to do a ton of it. And it really set me back really far. I felt good while I was doing it. I felt good while I was doing it. But when it was over, I was debilitated. Yeah, I kind of know what you mean, actually. And a lot of these things, see, this is another reason why I'm drawn to your content, because a lot of the stuff you say resonates with me. I don't, I'm not at the place where I want to go as I'm just going to say the word extreme, whatever, it's all relative, but like, I don't, I, I enjoy eating hot stuff. But, but a lot of the stuff you say really resonates with me, like fasting, exactly what you say. It made me feel better in the moment, but later I felt all fucked up and cold exposure. Yeah. Kind, also just, I'm not drawn to it. So yeah, it's, all this is very interesting. So with you, you healed your Tourette's with whole food diet before you even got to Agenesis. Cutting out preservatives, food coloring, but pesticides just going on whole foods just foods that aren't processed that's amazing that's amazing for people to know that even that is possible so then after that you you still felt a pull to try different diets and try different ways of living and go for like the healthiest thing possible what what was your drive there well um i always like to get in the most efficient routines possible and I'm just always looking for the best practices to make my life the best. So um, it's just about efficiency and doing what's best, you know? So I, I always want to do what the best thing is. And, um, you know, I used to eat healthier because I wanted to be a bodybuilder. And, um, you know, I started smoking weed and got lazy and I stopped doing that. But then I got into the meditation. And with the meditation, I went like the vegan route because the spiritual people say you have to be vegan to be spiritual and to meditate. And I tried that for a while and um, essentially towards the end of my intense spiritual training, um, I started to crave sushi with raw meat and um, I didn't know anything about the raw meat, but I was, I was doing some more research on fasting on the snake diet, Cole Robinson, and uh, he ate a raw steak in his video. And like my intuition just blew up and I was like, this is exactly what I have to do. And then um I immediately broke my vegan spree. I went to Steak and Shake and bought three burger patties and ate it. I went home. I felt so amazing. And, um, you know, like two days later or the next day, I asked my mom to buy um, organic grass-fed ground beef and she did it for me. And, you know, I just started the diet immediately. I would agree with you that it feels so good. I always say it feels like a spiritual practice. The first time I had a raw steak, I was like, wow, you just feel, you do feel so intuitive. So, so in tune to me, it's like so in tune with nature. You know, you're just like back to roots. You, you I don't know. Like my, it feels like my values changed when I started eating raw meat. Yeah. What are you drinking right now? Colostrum? A milkshake. Oh, with, with egg, what's in it? tell us milk cream eggs and honey milk cream eggs and honey yeah yum this is oh. the honey music um really raw it's the only brand that i know that is legitimately raw that you can buy in most states you can buy this in most places um i get it at whole foods this is like the only legitimately raw brand most most honey is heated to like 110 120 30 degrees 
and they're still called raw, which is legal. They can heat it to over 110 degrees. Let's call it raw. Um, so you don't want honey that's ever been above 93. And um, yeah, this honey is really, really good. So, and you can get it almost anywhere. I love that honey, really raw honey. I love it. It's, yep, it's at my health food store here in Whole Foods, like you said. You never eat the top layer. Why? Um, because it has like propolis and all that, which has like tree sap in it. And that tree sap congests the body. What? How do we know that? How do you know that? Well, he says it's a similar substance to the vegetable oils that uh, congest the lymphatic system, like the tree sap. It's a hard substance that gets congested in the body. Whoa, never heard of that. Damn, I love that top layer. Bummer. Yeah, um, yeah. it says there's pollen, propolis, and honeycomb. Uh, but the thing is, pollen is only good if it's been refrigerated. It has to be soft and it has to crumble. If the pollen is hard, it's um, not really that effective for helping anything. Because it's hard and the body just can't process hard stuff? I don't know, I don't know why, but all, all I know is it has to be soft and it has to be able to crumble and it has to be refrigerated. Okay. To stay like that. Do you eat bee pollen that is refrigerated? Um, it's hard to find, but um, everybody should always have it on them for emergencies because it can be used as a painkiller. Um, so with the lubrication formula, which is butter, raw, raw, never frozen, no salt, butter, honey, egg, and lemon. And uh, you warm that up and you blend it and you put bee pollen in it. And uh, that's called the pain formula. The pain formula is a lubrication formula plus bee pollen. And it cuts out your pain to like five to 20% of what you're feeling. So like if you're in an accident and you get hurt really bad, you have the pain formula and um, it's a painkiller. So you should have that for emergencies. To be taken internally. Yeah, you drink it. Yeah, this stuff is so good, you guys. It tastes like uh, when I had Wes Rowe on here, he told me that it tastes like cookie dough. So I was like, well, I'm gonna try that and it's good. It's really good. Yeah. My mom broke her foot and I made her um, a serving of it and she drank one third of it and the pain was bearable after that. Wow. wow. Yeah. That's impressive. Um, yeah. I think Scott, Scott has corrected me several times when I've been trying different recipes in this diet on Instagram and you what is the thing that was counterintuitive to me you can't blend all the stuff you have to melt the butter how how do you do that again well um so how i make it is this is a 16 ounce jar mm -hmm. um I, this is 16 ounces i squeeze one lemon in it i put two tablespoons of honey i fill it a little bit over halfway with eggs and then i fill it to the top um this is not the right jar but <laughs> Yeah, you fill it uh, those ingredients, fill it halfway, a little bit over halfway with eggs. You fill it to the top with butter. And then you put the um, the Osterblender blade on it. You screw this onto the jar. And um, you do this because you don't want to have any airspace. You don't use a normal blender. A normal blender sucks air into it and creates foam, which is damaged nutrients. So you're just wasting some of the food. It decreases the quality. So you put it on, you fill it to the top. And you put it onto the jar and you, you blend it like that. And uh, but we have to do is you have to put the lubrication formula in a bowl of um, warm water to melt the butter for like yeah. five minutes and then you blend it. But you don't want to make it too hot because then it cooks it. Right, right. That was the part that was not 
intuitive to me. But but you powder the nuts, right? Yeah, with any recipe with nuts, you uh you blend them into flour. Yeah. And then uh, nuts have anti nutrients in them that prevent the utilization of protein. So any recipe with nuts, you have to mix it with uh, some kind of fat. So the nut formula is um, butter, honey, egg, and nuts. And the fat absorbs the anti-nutrients. So a lot of people are always talking about anti-nutrients, but the only anti-nutrients you actually have to think about are the ones in nuts. So you don't eat nuts by themselves. And uh, same with the honey, most raw nuts are pasteurized. So you have to be careful with your source. You have to call the company and ask if it's been heated at all in any way. Do you find that hard to find nuts that haven't been heated at all? Yeah, it is kind of difficult. Um, I haven't really tried to find it, uh, but I could probably find it online if I looked. I need to start having it. I should be having it twice a week um, because you get the starch from the nuts. And um, I don't know a lot of the details, but it's important for a lot of people to have, but you don't have too much of it. If you have too much, it can cause a nerve detox. So that's one reason we have to do a lot of research on the diet because some foods can cause detox and fuck you up. Like if you have nut formula every day, you might end up feeling like shit after a week because it caused a detox. But we want the detox. It can cause a too strong of a detox okay. and make you feel horrible. Okay, yeah. cool. Okay, cool. I think when I call something die-off reaction, it's what you would call detox. I'm pretty sure. It sounds like it's the same thing. Okay, Probably. right. And if it's too strong, then you can really get sick. Like some people... I've heard some crazy stories. I don't want to scare anyone. I've just like, I've heard some crazy ass stories of how intensely people do. It can like really knock you out, huh? Well, if you detox too hard, you don't have enough nutrients to absorb the poisons and they cause more damage. That's why you have to be fat before you push hard detoxes yourself. Right, right. Um, I didn't mention. So when I started, well, when I started the GAPS diet that I was doing and then also raw meat, I did, I did gain a lot of weight. Like, not as much as I'm sure Scott would want me to, but I gained like 20 pounds, 15, 15 pounds maybe. And that was interesting, but it actually felt really good. You guys, that's why I shared Scott's stuff because right around the time I gained weight was when I, I saw his video about gaining weight. And I was like, wow, that makes a lot of sense because it felt so good for me to gain the weight. Like it felt like I really needed it. It felt like I was really like absorbing what I was eating. And before, I don't think I was absorbing anything I was eating. So that was cool. Um, okay. I want to talk about high liver and high meat. Cause I, I think most of my audience, my, my raw meat part of my audience will know, obviously, but most of, most people don't know what that is. Can you tell us? Okay. So high meat is where you take raw meat and you ferment it to grow lots of bacteria and you eat it and, and, uh, it makes you high makes you happy instantly. So um, how you make it is you take raw, never frozen meat, you take muscle meat. I don't recommend anybody new start with the liver because it can cause too strong of a detox. You start with muscle meat, never been frozen and uh, preferably the best quality you can find. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be grass fed. And I recommend you get a big piece of meat, like a chuck roast, and um, you get a knife and you scrape the outside all the way around. You should do this every time you buy meat because a lot of the butchers use disinfectant on their cutting boards. So then there's a little bit of that on the meat. So you want to scrape the outside to remove it. Or if you want to be extra safe, cut off a very thin layer, like a 16th of an inch all the way around to remove any possible chemicals. Okay. And then you dice it to small pieces, like a teaspoon to tablespoon sized pieces. And then you take a 
a glass jar. And when you get a new jar, it's full of chemicals because they use chemicals in the processing. So you want to make sure anytime you buy a jar, you clean it with hot water and vinegar. So you clean it with hot water, rinse it, then put warm water and vinegar and clean it thoroughly and then wash it again to get the vinegar out. Then you fill the jar halfway up with raw meat and um, you store it somewhere dark, make sure the lid is tight, room temperature, and then you open it outside every three or four days and it'll be ready in about a month and um, it'll get really stinky and um, basically smells like poo. And um, how it works is, okay, if you wanna know how high meat works, you have to understand how your digestion works. So essentially your stomach breaks down the food so that the bacteria in the intestines can digest it for you. So your intestines, your intestines absorb the nutrients. So different bacteria digest different nutrients. The bacteria in the very end of your digestive tract digest the nutrients to feed the brain and the nervous system. But our intestines are incredibly toxic. So by the time the nutrients get to the end of your intestines, they're full of toxins and all the nutrients are taken out of it because your body needs it so bad. So then your brain and nervous system only get leftover waste products. So the high meat ferments the food the same way that the E. coli does in your intestines. And it will give your brain and nervous system more nutrients at one time than you've ever had. And it makes you happy. It makes you want to dance. It um, makes me, well, it makes me more creative. It makes me want to play music. I want to talk to people. It's almost like MDMA, but healthy. And um, it, is, it was the only way I was able to quit smoking. I had a really hard time quitting smoking weed. And I tried to quit for years. The only way I could ever quit was by eating high meat every day. So before I was eating the high meat, like if I wasn't smoking, I would just feel miserable. Like there's no, there's no satisfaction in anything. I couldn't enjoy anything at all. And I was just so depressed and I started eating the high meat and I quit smoking in three weeks and I, I could actually feel happy. And, um, I started to mature more creative. It's almost like a psychedelic, like, uh, it gives you a, a greater awareness. And, um, you know, so like when you have a spiritual experience, your body is producing spiritual, I call it spiritual hormones, spiritual neurotransmitters that facilitate that experience. So like you have like dopamine, serotonin, DMT, um, oxycon or what oxytocin, whatever it is, the compounds in the brain that make you feel good. And um, that requires nutrients to manufacture those compounds. So when you eat the high meat, it gives your brain more resources to actually be able to be capable of experiencing happiness. So some people, a lot of people are depressed because they are literally not capable of producing those compounds. So high meat, mm -hmm. incredibly life-changing. It works in 30 minutes. Um, I had a, the previous place I lived, my neighbor uh, was a meth addict and she was tweaking really hard. And uh, she thought that somebody was in her attic and uh, she called the cops because she thought somebody was in her house and she was hearing them. And she brought her kids over freaking out. but. Essentially, the next day, I convinced her to have a spoonful of high meat. And um, a few days later, she told me it cured her psychosis. And uh, essentially, she stopped hearing voices. And, um, you know, I, I assume it worked for about a week. That's usually how long you feel better for. So, um, like, if you have schizophrenia, you're hearing voices, high meat. And, and the experience of this woman, it really helped her a lot. And um, high meat is the most wonderful thing in the whole world. It's like... It's like a cheat code. Like if high meat was in a video game, it'd get banned. Like it's, it gives you an unfair advantage. Like it makes you smarter in every way and happier. And it also helps your digestion. I've, I've given high meat to about 21 people total. 18 of those people have never even heard about the diet. I convinced like random people to eat high meat. 
and um, it worked on just about everybody. And um, most people felt better. They had a significantly better mindset for about three days. And um, I would say about 30% of the people told me that they had significantly better digestion for one or two weeks. And um, one of them, and uh, well, the people who end up eating it more than once, actually changes their taste buds and makes cooked food to start, makes cooked food uh, become repulsive. Uh, so it changes your appetite and um, it just wakes you up, wakes you up. It's incredible. Yeah, and you don't do the liver. You want to start with muscle. Okay, several questions. Damn, I should have taken notes. I have like several questions thing. right now. One more thing. Okay. One more thing. Um, never eat it if it has mold on it. If you see a white mold on it, you have to cut it off. That white mold will make you feel fucked up. It will detox your brain really hard. And like uh, like eight months ago, I ate like, I, I had some potted beef and it had a little bit of mold on it and I didn't know and I ate it and I was depressed for a week and I had like no energy. So be careful. Don't eat any meat that has mold on it. it causes super strong detox. You have to cut off that mold. Be very careful. And also if you do this, do it at your own discretion. I'm not a doctor. I'm not giving medical advice. Do your own research etc yeah right um okay this is interesting so what do i what do i ask first okay one more thing yep um you have to have it by itself you don't want to have it with other foods and um don't have it within an hour of vegetable juice and um if you eat vegetables don't have it have vegetables any time in the day before you eat it. Vegetable juice is okay if you wait an hour, but if you have a salad, don't have any any high meat. You want it, you want it to be before that because it'll prevent it from digesting. So like have it like at least 30 minutes away from other foods. Okay. I thought I read probably from your content, not maybe not from your content. I don't know. I thought I read that Ajinus says to eat raw raw fresh meat after the high meat. Yeah, it helps to digest. So like when you have high meat, you should just have like one tablespoon. And um, so you have high meat, you wait 15 minutes and then you eat your normal meat because there's okay. the bacteria from digesting meat. So it helps you digest it. Okay, okay, okay. All right, so you, okay. You put your meat just by itself in a jar, close the lid tightly, put it in a dark room and then you take it out you air it or like, let's see, you, you take the lid off and air it out outside for how long every, every three days or so. It only takes a split second. You just open it and close it again. Oh, interesting. Okay. Maybe, maybe like open it and like, go like that a little bit and then you're good. Okay. Like switch it around a little bit. It has uh, to have the air. What? It has to have fresh air to ferment. Okay. And that's why you take it outside. Yeah. Now I want to comment on the fact that like, I, I understand how you convinced people to eat high meat. Everybody loves to be high. People want to feel good. So if, if, yeah. and I am, I am like an ex drug person, kind of not like yeah. whatever I used to party really hard. It's easiest to say it like that. So if somebody tells me like, this thing is going to make you high, but it's totally natural and safe. I'm going to say, great, give it to me. <laughs> like I want, I, I would love that, to experience. That's a lot of the people I gave it to. Yes, exactly. So to me, it's honestly not surprising that you convince people. Also like 
Scott is a very sound guy. He's, he is, he is who he says he is. Like he said, he's very calm now that he's getting fatter or whatever. And he is, he is a very <laughs> calm person. Someone that I would trust very sweet person. Um, but beyond that, I, I get, I think honestly, Scott, I feel like I could probably get more people in my audience to have the high meat than like the regular raw meat, because they'd be like, what is this? I want to have this psychedelic experience with the, with the the fermented meat okay yeah. you know i have one um, more huh i have one more thing to say go for it so um the people who ate it more than once in the same week got a, a, a cold that lasted about three days um if they weren't on the diet so if you're not on the diet and you eat this i want to eat it more than once twice a month just to okay. be safe okay because okay. You, you get cold or flu if you eat it too often because detox okay okay Good to know. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to do this now. I've been wanting to do it for a while. Okay, so here's something that happens that I have always wanted to ask you about. So I eat, I do eat raw meat. Well, kind of fresh, but I get it from my butcher, fresh, never frozen. And they, they give it to me in like a butcher paper. And I put it in the fridge and I eat like a little bit every day. And what scrape it first okay uh, i have to ask you about that later i have a question about the scraping thing i'm gonna write a note okay so i eat it a little bit every day and sometimes i buy a lot at once so what happens in the fridge when i keep it in there for a while is it kind of the guys at the butcher told me that it, it will kind of dry age if you if you keep it in the fridge and sometimes it gets a, a little like fuzzy like a like a little maybe a little moldy and i've eaten it like that before but what what do you what what is your outlook towards that phenomenon? Like, would you throw meat away that got like that? Cut it, cut it. I just cut it off, and then I assume the rest is okay. But I, I look really carefully because I don't want to eat any of that. Okay, so if it gets white and fuzzy, definitely eating plenty of meat like that before. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> okay. It also gets, here's the thing. It also gets like dark and, and slimy, obviously, because it's just like, it's just. You, you keep it in a jar? No, it's in the, no, it's in the fridge and like butcher paper. I just keep it oh, in there no, like no, no, that. No, no. It's going to get gross like that. That's gross. Okay, but all... what? High meat isn't gross? Like. <laughs> no, no, it's because it's the paper. It makes it like slimy and it's, the paper has toxins in it. And this, the bacteria grows and starts pulling the, the toxins out of the paper. So you want to put it in a glass jar. Okay. All right. You want to Fine. Put it I can do that. It'll be a lot better. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's gross paper. <laughs> okay. I see what you're saying. So let's say that I left a piece of fresh meat in a glass jar in the refrigerator for like a month. Would there be a point where I couldn't eat it? Cause it would make me detox. Um, technically, as long as there is no mold, you should be okay. Um, a doctor would say that it's going to make you sick and you're going to die. But according to Ajanis, like it's fine as long as there's not mold on it. And um, if you don't keep opening the lid, it doesn't continue to ferment after a certain amount of days because the bacteria needs uh, air to feed on it to, to grow. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Okay. I'm going to do that. Now I got to throw away some of my shit. All right. So <clears throat> if yeah. you're not doing Ogenesis diet, a hundred percent. Like my diet's like, I do raw meat and 
bone broth and then I like eat out at restaurants too. So for someone like, huh? Raw milk? Yes. Well, I have like kefir, like raw homemade kefir all the time, every day. Yeah. If you're doing a portion of your diet raw, you should be better. Um, You just have to experiment. Like, like I said, the people who are on the hundred percent cook diet, they eat it more than once in the same week. All of them got a cold. And, uh, but the people like not every, not all of them, I don't, I, I don't think all of them got a cold, but, um, one of them got a migraine if they ate it twice in the same week. And, uh, that's my girlfriend. She eats it more than once in the same week. Uh, she gets a migraine. Uh, but yeah, the people who are on the diet, they, they didn't have any problems. They weren't even hundred percent on the diet anyway. Okay. Just and when you, okay. And when you do eat it, you just eat like a little portion. Yeah, like a spoonful. And you just wash it down with water. Or How does milk. it taste? Like poop. Uh, I've seen some nasty pictures of people eating oh, it. Too. Like really why? Poop, poop what? tastes different. Poop tastes different. It, it smells like poop, but it doesn't taste like poop. It, it's sour. Sometimes it's spicy. It gets really sour. Hmm, that sounds actually interesting to me. Yes, let's talk about this. You've also eaten poop. Yeah. That's part of the Ogenesis <laughs> diet, right? Um, it's a protocol that some people can benefit from, but it's not necessarily in the general plan. Right. Because And the idea yeah. is kind of like the same idea as a, um, a stool replacement surgery or something. It's like getting the the back the good bacteria from the animal's stomach in your stomach that's the idea behind eating yeah you're giving yourself more bacteria and it has to be a healthy animal and you don't want it to be any eating any like nothing gmo no soy um organic preferably grass-fed and you follow the cow around and right when it shits you eat it immediately while it's still fresh because it'll the air will kill the bacteria it's it's different than i mean um so you want it to be immediately fresh, but it's preferable if you get an intestine and you squeeze it out of the intestine like a yogurt tube and you eat it right away. Um, but yeah, I'm getting a, a pig intestine later this week. Um, so I'm going to be, I'm going to get myself to eat the pig shit. Last time I got it, it was really disgusting. I didn't eat it because there's corn in it. I didn't know if it was non-GMO or not. Um, but I, I talked to the pig farmer and uh, I'm going to get a pig intestine like either after this call or Wednesday. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm a little nervous about it, but I'm also excited. Uh, the pig intestine helps you get parasites. Um, so that's really good. Um, parasites will detox the body faster than bacteria with less symptoms. So um, parasites, Ajahn says parasites are your best friend. So every, every primitive human who has no disease, they all have um, trichinosis. And um, there's a uh, Joel Weinstock. He was a gastroenterologist, if I said that properly. At, um, I don't remember the university, but um, he observed that the pigs in the university were all sick and they had no energy and they're depressed and none of them had trichinosis, but the pigs on his farm were all happy and healthy and uh, they all had trichinosis. So he um, somehow got the trichinosis out of the pigs on the farm and he gave it to the pigs in the university. And then within a week, all the pigs were happy and healthy. So then he got um, like USDA or F- he got FDA approval to uh, give it to uh, humans. And he gave like seven people like trichinosis and uh, uh, they had to be suffering from IBS for like at least 12 years or something 
to be able to be to be able to participate in the study. So like um, I think six out of the seven people, they their IBS was gone within a week. And um, it stayed gone for about six months. And then the one other person, it, it didn't help them or hurt them at all. Um, so yeah, it helps digest your food for you. Um, helps break down toxicity, um, according to Agnes. And in my opinion, also, it never hurts any uh, anything healthy in the body. It only breaks down toxicity in the system. So, um, you know, Ajna says that there's no such thing as bad bacteria. And the bacteria that they consider bad is the bacteria that detoxes you. It'll make you sick. It'll give you symptoms. Um, but it's not causing the problem. It's removing it. And the process of removing that problem is called sickness, a.k.a. detox. And, um, you know, you're going to find heavy concentrations of poison wherever um, this, quote, bad bacteria is. Not because it's spawning this poison out of thin air but it's breaking it down already in your system and trying to remove it. That's so interesting. And it makes a lot of sense. Like that, that shit just rings true to me. However, <clears throat> we have a lot of people with, okay, so here's the typical story that I hear about parasites and kind of goes hand in hand with my story, but I'm going to try to avoid talking about myself all the time on these podcasts. So the story that I hear most about parasites is like, people get really bloated they get really fucking hungry they have crazy brain fog what's the other like stereotypical symptoms they they feel like shit they have like crazy bloat in their body and they're like sometimes they're shitting out worms okay and then they get herbs to correct the parasites and all that shit goes away sometimes yeah. So what's so, what what's your outlook on all this? It's the same thing I said earlier. They're stopping the detox. Oh, it, so all the negative yeah. symptoms they're getting is the detox. So if they were to yeah. just go with those symptoms, they eventually it would go away on its own. Um, if they're not on a healthy diet, it can cause problems because they can detox too hard and it can cause more damage. So like if you're eating a portion of your food raw, if you're on the if you're on this diet, um you should have no problem. Um, you know, so if you're on a bad diet, you don't have the nutrients to handle the detox. So, you know, if you're, if you're on a good diet, then you should be fine. Wow. This is amazing. Okay. Very interesting. And it and makes again, sense. I'm not a doctor. This is all based off of this. Right. This so. is just your, it's, it's your view on all of these things, right? People can make yeah. their own decisions. You're not recommending, Scott's not recommending anything to anybody here. Okay, that's interesting. And I can also see how, like for, I can't help it. For me, in my case, I had parasites. Well, I, I, I wasn't getting tested at that point, but I was just like so hungry all the time and like so bloated all the time. And it was just weird and didn't feel good. But my diet was shit and I was like borderline alcoholic. So it makes sense to me that like those two things came together. So like once I started fixing my diet, um, everything kind of just like naturally balanced out basically, which makes sense. Cause I think a lot of people who are on Paris or who have parasites, they aren't eating the diet that's right for their body. Would you say that Scott? Yeah. Okay. So the scraping of the meat, like you do a lot of, I'm sure you get this question all the time, but like 
part of the reason why people don't want to do the diet as specifically as you do is because it's so much work. And it's like how like to scrape all of my meat before eating it and to do all these things like make the nut formula all the time. Like, how do I live? How do I like there's there's a part of a lot of people that still want to be intertwined with society in some way, whether that's like they go to a job, like they go to an office, they have like a family that they're they're, that they're handling and nurturing or they want to go out with friends I I believe that's why a lot of people don't want to do it that hardcore because they at a certain point they feel kind of cut off from society. Where do you find the energy to do all this stuff and what's your mindset towards that? Well, if you plan ahead and you have a good routine, it's not that much work. So for me, um I moved to Lancaster so I can do the diet properly. But let's say I wasn't living here. I would um Okay, you have to order all your food before you run out. Um, but basically, you go grocery shopping once or twice a week. So however long it takes to drive to the grocery store and back, okay? And then um, about five days a week, it takes about 30 or 40 minutes every morning to make your food for the whole day. And then two days a week, you have to make your juice, which takes like an extra hour. So that's about how, how much effort it takes to do the diet. Um, but for me, the Anus Miller... And all the other Amish farms that are 25 minutes for me. So I can get it whenever. Um, so um, my mindset is that if you're trying to be productive, but you don't have the health, you're going to get burnt out. If you force yourself to do things that you don't have the energy for, you're going to burn yourself out. But there's uh, one thing that you always have to force yourself to do, which is eat and get the food. Um, you know, like if you're trying to be productive in whatever way, you know, you're going to burn out. But um, if you focus on your health, you'll have more energy in every way possible. You feel better. And so I think that everybody, no matter how they feel, they should do whatever it takes to do the diet perfectly, because the healthier you are, the, um, the more productive you're going to be in every single way possible. So um, in regards to the society aspect, um, this diet can be used as a way to shit test people, you know, um, so there's a lot of ways I could approach this. Um, I used to be really into Dan Pena. You into know Dan what? Pena is? Dan Pena. No. Okay. He's like a hard ass businessman. And uh, he basically teaches you to be an asshole. <laughs> but uh, I used to be really into him. And um, he says that every once in a while, you have to give the people, you know, a doofus test. You have to test them to see how they react to it. And uh, so you can treat this diet as a doofus test so like if someone like you tell somebody about the, di- about the diet and how they react to you explain the diet it's going to show you a lot about that person and um in my opinion um well you, you already know i'm really strict about this and uh, i do anything for the diet um you know somebody's not willing to at least go one step in the direction of the diet like like they can do a cook diet but apply primal principles like you know, you could keep eating cooked food, you keep eating whatever, just, you know, don't have sugar in the first six hours, focus on having meat in the morning, even if it's cooked, you know, and, um, you know, you could have raw cheese with crackers, you have, you could put raw butter on your bread, you can have raw cream with your fruit, you can try the raw milk, you can make smoothies with raw milk, you know, like, 
the people I meet, I expect them to at least go in this direction to an extent. If they're willing to change nothing, I don't want anything to do with them because they're not willing to grow as a person. They're not willing to do whatever it takes to be the best person they do with them. Can you still hear me? Yes, I can. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So for me personally, um, I don't, so with fitting into society, I don't, you are who you hang out with. No matter what you do, who you spend time with will rub off on you, whether you like it or not. So like, I don't want to fit into society because the average person is not the ideal, you know, so I, I, I like um, not fitting in with everybody because it kind of puts me a step above and um, it, it makes it easy to keep the morons out of my life. <laughs> Fascinating. When you started talking about how people react can say a lot about them to what you're doing in your life, I thought you were just going to make the point of like, I want people in my life who are open to what I'm doing. But instead, you made the point, well, yes, that's true. But instead, you made the point that you want them to be doing some version of what you're doing in a way. Yeah, I want them to make a step in the right direction, at least see improvement in one way. Do you, so you, you truly believe that everyone should be doing this and this is best for everyone, this diet? Yeah, absolutely. That's because the fascinating the diet, part. It's not just some concrete plan. Everybody has a different body and everybody needs something different, but what everybody needs, it's, it's written into the program. You know, you do your research, whatever symptom you have, you find it in the book and you add that into the routine. And, um, you know, there's a lot of varieties of how you can approach the diet, but there's foundational principles that apply to everybody, no matter what. So everybody can do, it's, it's not necessarily, you might be able to say it's not necessarily a diet, but it's uh, a system, you know, and um, you kind of develop your own version of the diet, but you still follow the, the foundational principles. You know, you don't like, for example, you don't have lemon with red meat because lemon or any fruit with red meat, any fruit except for pineapple papaya will convert the protein into a fuel source. It'll convert the protein to sugar. So then it won't regenerate the body. So no matter who you are, it's going to do that for you. So there's principles like that, that apply to everybody. And like, no matter who you are, you're going to need an acidic stomach to digest raw meat. Therefore you can't have vegetables with raw meat because then it's going to alkalize it. So like, no matter who you are, some of these principles apply to everybody, but different people need different approaches to this diet. So what about the people that are like truly thriving on, let's just say a vegan diet, like a diet that's totally different than yours. Like if they're saying like, I'm feeling better than ever, I don't have any health problems in my life. How could you look at that and say, but it's not the best thing for you? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, you can always, it's still better. You know, they might be feeling okay, but they could still feel better. So you think even the people who are like, I've never felt this good in my life. I have so much energy. I'm getting all this shit done in my life. Everything's like detoxing. I have no negative health issues or symptoms that I'm dealing with. You would just look at someone like that if they have a different diet than you. And you'd say like, but you could feel better with my diet. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh my God, this is fascinating. I am experimenting with the idea right now that a lot of how we react to food has to deal with mindset and emotional health. I used to coach people on diet. It was different 
diet than what I'm doing now. But way back in the day, I would coach people on their diet. I would do like the Ayurvedic, ancient Indian uh, lifestyle practices. And I noticed I stopped doing that because I noticed that every single one of my clients who were having issues with their physical health we're also having emotional health and self-worth issues. So I know people in the self-development industry who like, they're not, they're, they're, they're eating their version of healthy and they're feeling amazing. So I started to notice that if you think that something is healthy, like let's say someone was never exposed to the raw meat diet and everything around them told them that like this, this other thing is healthy, let's say veganism veganism is healthy and they stick to that and they they truly believe in their brain that it will be the healthiest thing for them i believe that if they stick to that 100 that will become the healthiest thing for them what do you think about that i think it helps to an extent but their body is still going to deteriorate you know the physical is real yes the mindset applies to an extent but you know not not enough in your opinion yeah. Like I used to think that fasting was the way, but it still fucked me up. Right. And I would well, argue with like, people telling them like, you should only eat one meal a day. You know, I'd, I would tell everybody at school I was promoting it just as hard as the primal diet. So, but even though I believed it hundred percent, it still damaged me. Right. And I know that happens plenty of time. I mean, that happened with me. Like it, I, I be- personally, I believe that those diets didn't work for me because my soul, like my body knew a deeper truth. So like my body was like, this isn't really it, you know? So I started eating the raw meat diet and it was like, Ooh, this is definitely it. Like, I mean, I agree with you, Scott, to a certain extent, like in my life, raw meat is, is the healthiest thing that I have ever seen for my body. I just personally, I don't believe that I've seen enough evidence that, other diets can't be just as beneficial for people like I wouldn't eat them but like but what like what do you think of the the longevity and I know this is a big thing like people say oh you know critics of the raw meat diet will say like oh just wait the same thing's gonna happen to you eventually your body's gonna deteriorate blah 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 that's not what I'm saying right now I'm just saying like raw meat is still relatively new in our society so I'm not saying that we're all gonna get fucked up eventually or anything like that but I'm saying we don't we don't have hundreds and hundreds of years of evidence of of like this being the best diet for everybody. Well, people have had raw meat in their culture forever. And you're saying that the cultures okay, that yeah. have had raw meat in their like, diet, they car- have the car- Carpaccio, sushi. Yeah, I mean, I, trust me, I totally believe that. But like, are oh, these not, cultures not... Are you saying that these cultures are, are the cultures that don't have the, the physical deterioration that we see in other cultures? I haven't really studied that side of things. Okay. Because that would make sense to me. Like if these cultures were also experiencing like optimal health compared to other cultures that were cooking their shit, then that would make sense to me. But to me, it's well, like, yeah, go this, ahead. This isn't documented um Agenis was exploring the philippines and he was looking for primitive tribes and uh you're not allowed to go to them and uh he's trying to figure out a way to get to them and um essentially he ended up helping somebody who worked for the government like on accident they're like 
basically he went to the shop and he saw um a black baby well a black couple's baby that was white and it was severely anemic and he found raw milk and gave it to the baby and it got all of its color back in a few days and uh the baby was so much healthier and the grandpa was so happy he said that he was going to take him to the islands and he was going to get permission but he wasn't allowed to but he was like i'm going to take you anyway and um, i think he um had a relative or I don't know. Somehow he knew somebody in one of the tribes and like they went there with a translator. They had, had to have like two or three translators and they um, went really far into the wilderness to find these primitive tribes. And uh, it was the only tribe he's ever found um, that ate 100% raw and they had no diseases at all, no diseases whatsoever. And um, they like lived to like 147 and um, they're like 90 years old and they look like they're 40. And um, they look half their age compared to us. And um, absolutely beautiful teeth. The most healthy people he's ever seen in his whole life. And uh, he said it was absolutely phenomenal. But it was illegal for him to go there. So he couldn't take pictures or else he could go to jail. Um, but yeah, that's the only, you know, and you just have to believe it. You know, there's no evidence. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, like there, you could say like there is no evidence for this diet. But the best thing you could do is try it and see how it works. But the thing is, I, I, I don't know anybody who's actually tried the diet and actually done it hundred percent perfectly. You know, nobody does it perfect. Nobody does it perfect. And what do I mean? Okay. I mean, get fat, do the hot baths every day, the cheese trains, uh, coconut cream with fruit, make sure you eat enough raw meat, lubrication formulas, milkshakes, like nobody does it all, you know? Um, but Ajnus explains stories of people who do that. And he did it. And like, these people have absolutely life-changing experiences. And uh, now that I'm finally getting a home now, I'm going to do it absolutely perfect from now on. And um, I'm not doing it perfect right now, but I'm doing a lot better. And I'm working my way towards doing it perfectly. And, um, you know, in like six months, I'm going to be a completely brand new person. So you can just watch my progress. Yeah, for sure. Watch, watch Scott on Instagram. You guys will not be, even if, even if you're not interested in doing the diet yourself, it's so entertaining to watch you, Scott, because you're like, you guys can see now you're listening to him talk. He's totally on this mission and he does not give a fuck if people don't care about it. The most important thing to him is that and going for that. And it's, it's fascinating to see. And it's inspiring. What's up with your Instagram? Did you get deleted? No, I just felt like it's unprofessional. So I deleted everything and restarted. Oh my God. Do you guys see this person is like, you're so interesting to me. Like that's, that's very brave to do. Cause that's a lot of content. That's like a lot of time you put into that content. Yeah. I just, um, I felt like I could have done better. So. Wow. Okay. But I'm going to kind of miss your content. <laughs> I, I liked well, your content. I, I posted like 12 videos yesterday. Okay, good. All right, you guys. So there's stuff on there. Here's one last point that I want to bring up under the topic that we've been talking about and then I will drop it if I am doing the diet 100% perfect I've looked at you talk about this how you know people say the diet doesn't work for them and you're like yeah but you're not doing it perfect it is still labor intensive it's definitely labor intensive I'm an entrepreneur I have a lot of stuff going on me helping other people and doing what I do and gathering clients, that's really important to me as well, because it's just part of my life path. Like, I believe that I'm on this earth to help people in my own way, too. So it would be a lot for me. Like, it would it would take up time. It would, it would, I would not be able to do other things 
I would have to do this diet. I would have to do like this diet and work and that's it. Not go for hikes, nothing. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure, Scott. Well, so if you want to do it, go ahead. If you, if you want to do it very well, it costs about 50 bucks a day. And um, it'll take an average of like seven to 10 hours a week of time. Interesting. That includes grocery shopping, grocery shopping and food preparation. That doesn't sound crazy. Just think I'm about the time it takes to cook and to wash your dishes. Yeah, I don't really though. But but I do see what oh, you're some... saying about like if you're not cooking then you're buying your food which also adds up financially too. Um all right, I'm curious to see, I want to see when you start doing this, how how much other stuff you can do. Like, do you feel like you're doing a lot of other stuff besides focusing on the diet? Like, as in activities, well, spending time with your girlfriend? My routine right now is like this. I wake up, I make my food, I eat, I play drums for two hours, I work on the computer for three, four, five hours. And then I DoorDash for like four to eight hours and then I go to bed. Okay. All right. So you're, 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 you're basically working and doing the diet and drumming though. Yeah. That's, that's, that's something that's like a creative expression. That's not necessarily just work, I guess. So yeah. Okay. My well, whole the computer thing time could be used for something else too. Okay. Are you creating so technically, content? Well, like I'm, uh, I'm writing posts. I'm moderating the Discord and on Reddit, and I'm also watching bullshit videos on YouTube. Okay, 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 got it. All right, so that's that's. So actually I have like two of... or three hours of free time a day. Okay, that's that's not, not including drums. Right, right. All right, fine, fine. And I make like fucking ten, twelve dollars an hour door dashing. So like, if you had a higher paying job, you wouldn't need to, you know work as much because like five hours a day is dedicated towards working to afford food yeah yeah all right interesting because my mindset has kind of been like I can't when when I was healing my body and going through that and when I when I was gaining the weight and all that um that's all I was fucking doing I was in the kitchen or I was at work and I was so depressed because I need to be out like doing hikes. I need to be with friends. I can't, I, I realized that well, it um, wasn't worth it. That's why you make everything in the morning, right? When you wake up. So it's already ready. I was, but yeah, I was cooking. It was different. Okay. But I see your point and I haven't tried it yet. So I don't know. So I'm going to follow you doing this when you get your house. I'm going to make a day of eating soon. I'm going to make a day of eating video soon. Good. Good. I'll watch that. All right. Cause I'm interested. I'm interested. You definitely sell it really well <laughs> because you're authentic. I don't, I don't get the feeling that you're trying to make me do it. Although you do think that my life would be better if I did it. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. So does your girlfriend have the same diet? Uh, no. Um, she's had kind of like an eating disorder her whole life and she's been like very, very skinny. And, um, you know, I've uh, basically, she doesn't eat the raw meat. She drinks a lot of raw milk, milkshakes. She'll eat the cheese. So her diet right now is raw dairy and bread and butter. 
and uh, she's slowly gaining weight. And uh, she told me next time she's off work, she's going to eat some raw meat with me. And uh, she used to eat a quarter pound of raw meat every day. She used to eat a quarter pound of raw meat every day. But then she went to live with her mom again for a few months. And then when she came back, she wouldn't eat it anymore. Mm. And uh, it's not like she she was forcing herself to eat it for me. And uh, I think she just got burnt out forcing herself to eat it. I don't know. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm slowly pushing her to get more on it and uh, but she's making progress gaining weight at the bread and butter and you know so like she has bread and butter she drinks milk she'll make milkshakes and smoothies she has a little bit of cheese and that's about it so i want her to be fully on it but um i'm just giving her time and i kind of stopped pushing her i'm just letting her do what she wants and i'm uh, because it's too much effort it's too much effort to try to get her to do it all the time so I'm just letting her do her thing and then I'm hoping that she's going to be getting on it. So that's what I hear a lot of people say. Like you can't, if you force someone to do it, do what you're doing as a partner and they're forcing themselves to do it. Like you said, everybody gets burnt out because it's not authentic. Like she has to make that decision herself over time. But what I have heard is that when people don't um, force what they're doing on their partner, but they just live it, and they're getting good results, the other person eventually sees that and they're like, well, fuck, I want those results, you know? Yeah, that's kind of what I'm doing right now. But she does have to get on the diet at some point because, you know, uh, a woman on this diet produces genius children with amazing health. And uh, Ajna says that a woman who's on this diet, she gives birth in two contractions and the baby is out. And the baby can like hold his own head up at birth and it's incredibly healthy. And like, if you're just an average cooked food girl, there's like whatever percentage that your kid's going to have autism or down syndrome. But like, if you're on the diet for a few years, it's like, you don't have to think about that at all. So like my number one priority is my children. So for my children, I have to have a wife who's going to get on the diet. So um, I expect her to get on the diet fully at some point. And, um, you know, yeah. And uh, doing whatever it takes to have that, you know, and uh, if she doesn't get on the diet eventually, you know, then I can't have kids with her. So that's just how it is. So it wouldn't work out basically if she, yeah, it has to happen at some point. Yeah. That, and in a way that, that makes sense to me because if you're, if you're, do you feel like your life goal overall is to reproduce and have children? Well, children is number one. Children is most more important than anything in the whole world. That's cute because, because you want to carry on your lineage. Well, because each of these children would be fucking super genius. Like each kid is going to be smarter than I ever could be. And they're going to, like, I'm going to have to detox the next 20, 30 years. These kids are going to be born healthy. They won't have to detox. You know, like, anyone get on the diet now, they're going to detox and have all these problems. But, like, these kids will be perfectly healthy from day one. Like, you you can have more health, more energy than you could ever imagine. Like, these kids are going to have so much energy. They're going to be calm. They're never going to be depressed. Infinite energy. Super intelligent. Like, like a five-year-old in fourth grade and, like, a 17-year-old graduating from Yale and, like a three-year-old who can say his ABCs backwards. And like, these kids are all like fucking super geniuses. So like, really it's like, what can I do to create the biggest impact in the world possible? It's having children and and raising them without brainwashing. Like, like all the kids today, they're given iPads. They watch Disney movies, they brainwashing movies and like uh, brainwashing music. And like, or it's like a single mom and the kids are like, I got a daycare being raised by someone else who's brainwashing them by the government. Or like, you know, the parents are even raising the kids and they're not getting their values and 
they go to school and get brainwashed really hard and waste their childhood school 40 hours a week learning bullshit it's like i'm gonna push my kids to work really hard they're not gonna know anything except for hard work and i'm gonna push uh, martial arts music meditation and art and um the number one thing is community i want to create a community for raw food based off of all these uh practices and hobbies and um have a whole community and have lots of children so uh, my children can have other children to grow up with so they're not only alone so that's the that goal. is something i could really see you doing starting and you're already starting like community drum circles but i could really see you as a leader of a of like some sort of a commune yeah that's the goal yes i love it that's cool it's weird because i think it's just because you're so certain about what you want and what's important and, and you're so focused on this diet like not so a lot of people like this diet but they're like it's not their most important thing but to you it's the most important thing so I could totally see you being like a leader of a society but you're very sweet and you're not like a like you're not like a uh Oh, like a narcissistic cult leader. You're just like really into what you're doing. So I can, I can picture you. I can picture you leading that. And please do. Maybe I'll come by with my kids one day. I can't be an asshole. I will say that. <laughs> How? How? What, what happens when you're an asshole? Well, I'm a bit of a hard ass. I push people hard. <laughs> what does that look like? I don't know. My grandpa was a drill sergeant. You can imagine that. <laughs> I mean, I can, I can see... Like if somebody tries to tell me what to do, I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> so I can see that. Like if you tried to tell me that I was wrong for doing what I'm doing, I'd be like, whatever, I'm not. <laughs> like it wouldn't really work, I guess, on me. But here's the thing. When you explain the stuff, you do kind of get me in a realm where I'm like, hmm, yeah, maybe I would want to try that. Um, but I could see that. The the You're very black and white in your thinking. Like if they're doing this, then they're right. And if they're a version of this, then they're right. And if they're not, they're wrong. Well, they have to be going in the right direction. They have to be making improvement. Right. But if they're not going in the direction that you see as correct, then they're wrong. Yeah. Then I just go on to the next person. There's always more people in the world. Yes. Yes. I agree. I agree. I'm just kind of learning about how your brain works. So when yeah. do you want to have kids? I imagine when I'm 35. That's what I picture in my head. Oh. Interesting. I'm and 22. you're 22. You're 22 right now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. You're very wise. You have, I'm 31. You've gone through a lot in your life for at 22. I was, I was not even conscious. I was so drunk, <laughs> you know, this is amazing that I'm very impressed. 22. I'm so interested to see how things develop you're gonna you're gonna create a lot of awesome stuff in your life and you know that but I just think it's very cool that you you've started this so early really you have a lot of life left this is amazing part of it is because my mom let me experiment a lot like my mom would let me do anything even if it was bad which allowed me to learn at a young age so your I, mom I seems some... very cool I've seen a video of her drinking blood no it's high meat no I swear no she was drinking blood and milk in the video. No, I've never given that to her. It was high meat. Well, now we can never prove it because the content's not out, but I swear. It was, it was high meat juice mixed with milk. Okay, fine. Fine. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to tell you that you're wrong about your content. <laughs> okay, so she was drinking high meat juice mixed with milk and she drank it and she said, it tastes fucking horrible, but I'm going to do it because I know it's good for me. 
yeah she always feels better like um it kind of refreshes you so yeah she, she she'll eat it sometimes i've gotten her to eat it like six times so but she always feels better and that's amazing that she's open to that so she's always kind of just let you do what you want yeah even if it's bad which no, not always the best you know but like at least i learned um yeah and i've done some things uh I regret and um, I've gone through some kind of bad phases, but it allowed me to learn. And I went through those phases young. So not young, young, but like 16 to 21, 16 to 20. And um, so, yeah, yeah, I got out of my system for the most part. <laughs> yeah, I I do believe in that because I also like, I'm like in the middle of being young and not young, I guess, as a 30 year old person, it depends on how you look at it. But I, I went through all my like alcohol addiction and figuring that out and casual sex and all this stuff that like is kind of just a phase. I've been through it all starting in high school. Right. So I know some people who were really cooped up in high school and then they get, they have like a quarter life crisis when they're like 25 or 30, when they're like, they want to try all that stuff. And then they're kind of like set back to me. I'm just glad that I got it out of my system and it feels good to, to have yeah. that out of my system. But what's good is my kids won't ever have to do that. They won't have to fuck up. <laughs> okay. But here's the thing. I mean, I can see how that could be if they were in a, if they were in their own society, like if you started basically a commune where everyone was doing what you think is, is right. That's all they know. That's all they know. But what if they don't want to do the stuff that you want? What if they just come out wanting to get back to regular society? Because they're like, they're, they're not like, going to know what that is. We're not going to have internet, no internet. Oh, but isn't this like, this is like a cult. Okay, I, I I wrote something really good explaining what a cult actually is. Let me, um, it's just a rebuttal for what people call that. Um, okay, a cult is a word invented to remove credibility from any non-stream way of thinking in order to prevent new cultures and belief systems from de being developed. The word cult is a gaslight. You is a, the word cult is used as a gaslight to discredit. They only want modern degenerate cultures, so a cult is basically a gaslight. And they just don't want any new cultures being formed. So, like, think about modern society, like, and all the degenerate uh, practices that they promote. Like, nobody calls that a cult, you know. Like, look at rap music, look at politics, and all that stuff. Like, they don't call that a cult, you know. I'm just trying to live a healthy life, you know. Agreed. We don't have to use the word cult. I think that's a good. That's a good, like, thing to throw in there, in my opinion, too. Like, I think we should be able to think differently, but. I also, so in my, in my personal opinion, I believe that our kids should be able to think differently. And that could mean just deciding what they want to do. Like, don't you think it's on what I'm getting at? The reason why I called it a cult because is because don't you think it's unfair to them to not give them a choice? No, no because here's the thing. They're going to be very fulfilled. They're going to be very happy. They're going to have everything they need, you know, because like, if you're in some like held up house where you're like you can't do anything and it's boring like yeah i understand that or like if you had some parents you don't even really respect then they're kind of just strict they're, they're losers or whatever you know like here it's like you have all the people you want to play music with martial arts like meditation you're going to be perfectly healthy you're never going to be depressed you're going to go into modern society and you're going to be disgusted and want to come back 
Okay. So, because my thing is, and this is, I think it's also a, in a way can be a primal need. What if they feel an intuition to travel and they want to travel? Would you let them go travel? Well, they can leave when they're 18. Okay. Fascinating. Fascinating. Amazing. So, so how would you have your kids? Would you have a midwife? Just plop down in a bath. There you go. Okay. <laughs> and it's easy when you're on the bed. When do you think women should have kids? Also 35? Um, I think it's different when you're on a cook diet than a raw diet. Mm -hmm. Because when you're on a cook diet, the longer you wait, the less healthy you're going to be. But if you're on a raw diet, if you wait, you're going to get healthier. So mm -hmm. if you're on a cook diet, you're just a normal girl. I would say probably have kids before you're 25 mm -hmm. or 27. But if you're on a cook diet, I would wait at least two years before you have kids or five years. Um, so, or even longer. So if you're on a raw diet, I recommend waiting. And the thing is, um, like a girl could be 25 in her prime, her prime, but she could look better at 35 after being on the diet for 10 years, you know, but on a cooked diet, you lose your attractiveness because you get less healthy. Your attractiveness is based off of your fertility and your health. So if you're on a raw diet, you're going to get healthier and more fertile over time. So it's different if you're on a raw diet. I will attest to that because I, I swear I look younger, if not the same age as how I did 10 years ago. It's crazy. And people have told me that too. They're like, you look 20. And I think, I don't think it's just jeans because I, I looked like shit. I looked, I looked older. I swear I look older. And I think this is a good note that people, people just start giving up when they turn whatever the age is that they're afraid to turn. And they start having the mindset that they're just going to look shittier and shittier. And there are ways, you guys, there are ways to reverse aging is, is real. So Scott brings up a very good point. Okay. One more thing about your kids, your future kids. If, so your mom allowed you to do whatever, which allowed you to get a lot of the stuff out of your system. Yeah. Okay. Do you feel like, so you're keeping a very, you're going to keep a very tight leash on. Your I, already, I already know what to say. I know what to say. I don't think okay. you know what I'm going to ask, but go for it. I think I do. Well, sorry if I cut you off. Go for it. Okay. Yes. What, what so do you, you think to, I'm going to ask? You have to let them make enough mistakes to learn because I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to make mistakes teaching them things. So I have to give them enough freedom to learn what I'm doing wrong because I'm brainwashed, we're all brainwashed, and it takes multiple generations to get rid of the brainwash. So like one thing that I think about in my head is like some time ago, I read a study where they took a baby rat away from its mother and affected its behavior for like three generations. So, you know, I'm, we're gonna have residual brainwash over the course of several generations. So like, I want to completely invent, I, I want to completely reinvent everything. You know, like people saying, bless you or like certain courtesies and uh, what's respectful and what's disrespectful and how you should behave, how you talk to each other. And not like I'm gonna make a new language, but like, you know, I'm gonna make new new holidays, new everything, like reinvent everything, question every single thing that we possibly do. And it's like, you know, we have a lot of things that we say to each other, but we don't know why we say it. It's just mm -hmm. a habit. It's just a custom. I yeah. want new customs, new heritage. I wanna restart from the very scratch. So. I have to let my kids make enough mistakes to where they can learn, but not do anything bad enough to where it causes damage or trauma. Okay. But if they can't, 
physically leave your area in until they're 18 don't you think that would cause trauma no because my goal is to have like hundreds of acres and they're just gonna be raised in nature yeah but i feel like i would just be depressed if i i mean being raised in nature is amazing don't get me wrong scott this community sounds fucking awesome i'm not i'm not shitting on your community it sounds great i might apply at some point in my life but if if i felt cooped up i would i would this is this happened to me scott this happened to me guess what my dad told me if you get one tattoo i will disown you look at my body right now look at my body <laughs> right like it's the same thing with with sex. We in Europe, they they'll show boobs on TV. And people I've dated people from Europe, they're not like so obsessed with boobs and they're not so obsessed with nudity because they show nudity on TV and it's not this forbidden thing. But here, we we're still very puritanical, so we tend to forbid these things or demonize these things or make it a big deal so everyone's like so obsessed with seeing boobs and nudity here and it's just it's not the same in other cultures so how do you think that applies to like your parenting style okay um so with the traveling thing like if it becomes problematic we can go on a vacation or whatever and i can show them how lucky you are you know <laughs> so okay like here here look breathe car exhaust and cigarette smoke here's society okay let's go back yeah, you know? I, I feel you. And feel with you. that, um, part of the the culture would be spiritual practice. So I'll teach sexual transmutation so they can get rid of their lust, you know. And, What's uh, that? I don't, like, you can convert your sexual energy into spiritual energy, and then you can ground it. So then you get rid of the lust. Um, so the person for that, it's Montak Chia. He, you can look up a video of, of him on London Real, M-A-N-T-A-K. C-H-I-A, Montak Chia. I haven't mastered it or anything, but I've dabbled with it a little bit and it does work. And um, yeah, I don't plan on the community having like, I don't plan on the community being like a nudist community or anything. Um, I, I, I like the way the Amish do things with uh, how they dress. Like, you know, my opinion, I think that... Um, Okay, well, you're talking about if you see more boobs, it makes you want, want it less or whatever, you know? But um, I think seeing boobs and ass all the time makes the guys watch more porn and creates lust, which makes them chase the girls to try to have sex with them. And casual sex is the, it destroys families. It creates broken families. And uh, so I, with my current standing, I'm going to have a rule where the girls, uh, we're all going to have a attire that we wear and like the girls wear a dress that goes below the knees or they can wear sweatpants or, um, or jeans, but not, not no tights, no short shorts, no cleavage and, um, no crop tops. And the thing is, if you are hot, when you're sweating, you're detoxing anyway. And that's just to, um, prevent lust so that people don't have casual sex because I want people to only have sex with one person and that's going to be their wife. And um, that's that's the goal for that. This with is my current beliefs. Fucking fascinating. Okay, but um, I I've just seen the opposite of that. I I think there's a lot of shit going on behind closed doors in communities that are very uh reformed, right? You just don't hear about it as much. Like 
There are communities and often they're religious communities, but there are communities where you can't wear like whatever, like what I'm wearing right now, for example. And a lot of like deviant sexual shit happens. It's just behind closed doors. And I know this by like literally talking to people in the communities, whereas like Europe, you're seeing nudity all the time. I've dated these guys. They're not, they're not like obsessed with porn, but I've dated, or I've like seen guys here. Uh, we haven't dated because they can't, they like can't perform sexually anymore because they're watching too much porn. Like they're like not very interested in person to person sexual experience because they're watching porn all the time. What do you think about this? Well, I think um, it's largely your health. So the people in Europe are healthier. You know, they have less processed food and less injections. And like, yeah, porn plays a role in like how you see the opposite sex. But I think it's largely health. And, um, you know, it's all subject to change. But, you know, like when I see an Amish woman, I have a lot more respect for her. Versus like if I see a girl with her tits and ass out, it's like, you know, it's a completely different atmosphere. You know, it's like one creates lust and one creates respect. So like being around the Amish and seeing these Amish women, it's, it's completely different like energy behind it. So um, I just really respect the Amish community. I'm going to read some Amish history books and I have some Amish friends now. They're going to teach me how to hunt. They're going to take, uh, they're going to teach me how to ride a horse. So I try to spend as much time with the Amish as I can. And uh, just where I stand right now is what I just said. And it's subject to change. It's not concrete right now, but that's what I'm currently thinking is best. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. And it does, I don't know anyone in the Amish communities. You do um and it does that does seem to work quite well for them i know what what um one of the farms that scott is talking about in pennsylvania is miller's organic farm that's where i get my cream i get some stuff from there and butter and uh they seem to be doing great so i can't i can't really speak on that beyond what you said and i'm interested to see your yeah. journey and um a lot of these communities they um they prohibit masturbation. I don't. I don't think people should be doing nofap because it makes you pent up and makes you uh make stupid decisions. Because you have to. You have to do it, or else you're gonna. It's gonna get too strong, and you're gonna end up doing something stupid. So I'm not gonna tell people they can't masturbate like a lot of the Christian community does. That's um, a good. I just point. don't think they should have casual sex. That's a good point, Scott. You make very good points, and I think that's why you kind of <laughs> you get me thinking about about your. The stuff that you believe in because you make very good points that's true in these communities in these heavy religious communities they they don't they can't masturbate do you think there's is there a benefit to masturbating over um being with a your partner well or is the whole point is just to ejaculate is the point well ejaculation is detoxifying so if you're holding your semen you're not releasing those toxins in your prostate and your testes so it does help to detox and um, women live longer than men because they have periods because you can detox more than a man. So a woman can detox 20% faster because they have a period every month. That's why you feel like shit during a period. So um, mm. wow. part of the wow. masturbation is detox. And um, Ajna says that if you feel good doing it, then um, it releases healthy hormones that help your body heal. Um, but if you're like, uh, if you have an addiction that's a problem and i don't think anybody should be watching porn i think that's also unhealthy we're all uh, in agreement about that here yeah and um you know part of the transmutation is 
um you know you can montauk chia well you don't even have to touch yourself to do it like if you're peeing and you stop the stream by squeezing that muscle the pro the perineum um a man is supposed to squeeze that 300 times a day squeeze 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 and you're supposed you're also supposed to do exercise where like, you breathe and you squeeze it and then you relax and let go and you, you breathe with it and um, you can make that muscle stronger and then you can get to the point where you can squeeze that muscle and have uh, orgasm and then you can control that energy and shift it up the spine into the third eye and you actually feel it happen and then you have a you, you get spiritually elevated like a high and then but you have to ground it it's called kundalini and most people don't teach you how to ground it once it's here you have to take it back down into the solar plexus so montak chia teaches this like you can have lust do this exercise and then it can um convert your sexual energy it converts it basically converts sec second chakra energy into the third chakra uh so it takes it from the second chakra up to the third eye the sixth chakra and then you ground it in the solar plexus so he he teaches you all of this um so it's going to be an important practice in the community because if you can't manage your sex drive you're going to end up not being a virgin yeah yeah makes sense and I've heard about this practice. And honestly, I feel like it's the same for women. Cause I, I know what you're talking about in the pelvic. Yeah, it's floor. the same. It's the same exercise. Cool. All there's, right. There's, there's two books, multi-orgasmic man, multi-orgasmic woman. And there's a third multi-orgasmic couple. Cool. Love it. Yeah. So do you think there's any benefit to women having orgasms in a detox hormonal sense? Well, yeah, it's like it gives you healthy hormones and it helps your body heal and uh, can make you happy as long as like you're not doing it in like a pathological way. Is that the right word? Um, as long as it's not like an unhealthy way, like an addiction or like um, unhealthy way of dealing with something, as long as it's like authentic, I would say. Cool. Yeah, I feel that way. I do feel that way. If If I have an orgasm, I... First of all, it's emotionally healing. That's interesting to me. I didn't know that um, for most of my life. Second of all, it does feel like I'm more regulated afterwards, for sure. Like physically regulated. Okay, interesting. So how do drums play into your life now? What's your story with that? Right now or how I started? Well, basically, I had a, a babysitter who I liked a lot. And I thought he was really cool. And he played the drums. So then I wanted to play the drums and uh, start taking drum lessons and... Um, you know, I didn't really take it seriously until high school when I got in marching band and then I got really good in marching band. And, um, you know, I, I uh, ended up just thinking that drums was just for fun and it wasn't really productive. So I stopped playing drums because I thought it'd be better to spend the same time doing something else. Um, but then recently I realized that music is very important. Uh, it's uh, very good for networking it's really good for meeting people because when i did all that traveling i was uh bucket drumming on the street and like i'll play drums and people come up to me and they want to talk to me and i meet tons of people and like people are like can you play on a drum set like we have a gig like they're paying 25 dollars an hour in this jazz club in the next like in in illinois like and um you know because i was in st louis and wow. uh, i get all these opportunities and people want to talk to me people want to meet me and um you know, I can meet tons of people playing music because when you're on stage playing, first it shows confidence because you're standing in front of a bunch of people. And then it shows you're competent, like you're actually good at something, so it shows you have value. And then it has all these eyes on you, people watching you. So then you go perform and everybody wants to talk to you. So it's like a really efficient way at meeting people. 
So I'm using uh, music to meet people and it's good for connecting with people because like when you're playing music with somebody, it's like a spiritual experience. It's like when I'm drumming with somebody and they're playing guitar or whatever, it's like, we know what the other person's about to do without even thinking about it. We just like align our music and it like, it fits. It's like a spiritual connection. And um, I was playing in a drum circle a few months ago and then I did another one. I'm like, man, like it's really fun and really good way to connect to people. And um, basically people is everything who you know is very important. And that life without friends can be very dull and that community is everything. And that if I'm having this community, we have to have something to do. We're not gonna have internet. We're gonna be bored all day if we're not doing anything. So like music is gonna be a big part of our lives. And like I said earlier, like martial arts, like, you know, I want MMA in the community, farming, music, meditation, yoga, um, the diet, et cetera. So, um, you know, we're gonna have to have things to do. And one rule is every single kid in the community has to, uh, learn an instrument. They have to be good at at least one instrument. That's going to be a rule. What and, if they don't uh, want to? They're going to want to. <laughs> because they're going to see all the other people doing it who are all role models, cool people, and they're going to respect them. You might be right. You might be right. And if they don't want to, well, discipline. They're going to be forced to. There's, <laughs> things that, there's things that I didn't want to do as a kid. Like I didn't like roller skating when I was a kid, but my dad played hockey and he forced me. I hated skating, but skating ended up being a big part of who I am, roller skating. So like when I was a kid, I hated skating. He forced me to do it. I became very good, even though I didn't really like it. But then I, you know, as I got older, I was thankful that he made me do it because it became a lot of fun. And then like in great skate, I met, sorry, in middle school, there's a skating rink called great skate. And uh, like at school, I was a weirdo. Nobody liked me. But when I went to Great Skate, I was the biggest stud. Everybody loved me at Great Skate. Like <laughs> I would win, I would win the racing competitions. I was the fastest person. Everybody wanted me to be on their team. I could jump off the walls and I got all the girls at Great Skate. I got nobody liked me at school, but like everybody loved me at Great Skate. And I could do cool tricks at the skate park. And like I'm still really good at roller skating. So like even though I didn't want to do it, I'm glad my dad forced me. Yeah. Okay. And I've heard people say that before. They're glad. I just there's something in me that cannot like if I don't like something I cannot keep doing it like even as a kid I would refuse like I would just refuse to to do something well, a healthy kid won't be as stubborn when you're healthier <laughs> when you're healthier like everything you can enjoy more and you have more energy so like if you're unhealthy you know it's gonna be hard to do something that you don't want to do because you have to force yourself and you're going to feel like procrastinating. But like, if you're healthy, it's like everything's easy because you have plenty of energy. Yeah. Yeah. But don't you, do you agree that like, there are things like you, you still decide to do like a narrow, a pretty narrow group of activities right now. So like, you're saying that if, if, somebody forced you to do something totally different than what you're normally doing right now like what if somebody what if it was the opposite what if somebody was like go into society and experience something that's typical societal activity you would be like oh I have a lot of energy so let me do that I don't know what you're asking <laughs> like 
in my case, it just feels like some things it like kills my soul to do. Like I have, I, I would say I have quite a bit of energy. It, it's not going to kill their soul to play some drums. No, it's not. I'm sure it'll do the opposite. I'm just, these philosophical topics I'm interested in, Scott, because I think, yeah, your view, your viewpoint is rather unique and, um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's con controversial, I guess, but like, it's, it's very direct your your approach to these topics so i want to like figure out more about where where your opinions are coming from like to me well i guess what you're saying is as long as the activity is like spiritually sound and you see it being beneficial like music it's hard to argue that drum a drum circle would not be beneficial you're saying as long as it's beneficial then the kids should want to do it because it's it's spiritually sound like, they can play any instrument they could play trumpet they could play violin they could sing they could play drums like I, the rule is they're going to have to learn at least one instrument they should they have to be good at one instrument okay. they don't right. have to do it forever they're just gonna have to do it until they get good i will see again you've kind of <laughs> you've kind of won this argument yet again because I'm thinking back to when I was a kid and I didn't have energy I didn't have energy but guess what last night Scott I went to a breathwork retreat and I was playing drums with this guy I was playing like a he like hand stretches something that you would probably be interested in he he hunts and then he skins the animal and he makes a, an, a drum out of the hide is that something that you would be interested in too yeah we're, we're gonna make drums yeah. So I was playing that in the sauna, which I'm sure, would you, would you approve of a sauna? No. Uh, yeah, I was just going to yeah, say, no. I'm sure you wouldn't approve of that. They, it, it thins the mucus and it's hard on the lungs. Okay. Well, anyway, um, yeah, so it's true. Like I, and I did enjoy that. So interesting. Okay. Very interesting. So what's your plan now? You're in Lancaster your oh my gosh we almost went two hours here um you're in lancaster you're gonna start a drum circle and slowly that's gonna expand into your commune well not necessarily uh i'm putting a pause in the drum circle because first off it's really cold and um the people i'm doing it with need more practice so <laughs> we're gonna be practicing and then the goal is uh do that next spring right now my focus is the drum set and um, their focus is piano and guitar, my two friends that I'm living with. Um, my plan right now, short term, decide if I want to focus on door dashing or get a job. Um, the benefit of door dashing is I can have any routine I want, yeah. you know, yeah. and I can have a flexible schedule. Um, and the thing is, uh, I'm writing posts for this one guy, he pays me some money to to write for him to do research. And um, I'm going to see if that'll work out because I could just do that, you know, like write posts for three hours a day. He pays me $20 an hour. So um, as long as we have enough content to work on, I could just do that, be his research assistant. Um, but, you know, my, my, my goals right now, first off, get as healthy as possible, do the diet absolutely perfect. So um, I didn't really go into this very much, but I used to have really good health. I used to have plenty of energy and I used to have the, the perfect routine and I'd never procrastinate. I, I plan every single minute of the day and I'd have this, I'd do the same thing every day and I'd be absolutely perfect with it. And then after the, uh, 
injections and fasting and veganism and all that, I uh, basically debilitated myself. And then I haven't had the energy since, and I've recovered a lot, but I'm still not satisfied with my health. So health is the ultimate self-development because developing your health makes you more capable at everything. So, you know, like Ajnus used to be crippled, a worm on the floor. You know, he used to sleep all day long. He couldn't do anything. He couldn't function. And, um, you know, at the end of his life, he slept four hours a day and that's all he needed. And he worked nonstop. So it's like, okay, what I fantasize about is this. Okay. Let's say right now I'm productive, like nine hours a day without procrastination or whatever. Okay. And let's say I sleep nine hours, you know, so then you do the math and it's like, okay, in one year, maybe I can get my productivity to 12 hours a day without forcing it naturally based off of my energy levels. So it's like, okay, if my time is worth $15 an hour and I have an extra three hours a day, how much more money would I have in my my bank account right now over the course of the last year or whatever? You know, it's like, what could I do with that? You know, what could I have achieved? Like, how many pages can I read in an hour? If I had enough energy to be productive another three hours a day, how many books could I read? You know, like how much more time could I play drums? Like, you know, how much of whatever could I do more of? And uh, so the healthier I am, the more productive I'm going to be and the less sleep I will require. So you heal when you're sleeping. So you, you need your sleep, but when you're already healed, when you're already healthy, you don't need as much sleep. So, you know, the health is about increasing my productivity, not by like forcing myself, but, you know, I become healthier and I'm naturally going to have more energy to do do things. So right now, um, I'm waiting for my friends to get their paychecks. We need a, we need a month of income to get approved for a house. So right now, um, try to get a house. Then we're going to get a hot tub so we can do the detox. I'm going to get as fat as I can. I'm going to do the diet perfect. Uh, my goal is to play drums two hours every day. Uh, in two or three months, I'm going to start playing at every single open mic. Go to all the open mics and perform and start meeting people. Continue to do my drum lessons. Um, focus on developing my social media. Uh, make more videos. And um, next six to 12 months, um, I, got, I fantasize what I'm going to have developed. Um, but the goal is like in about a year, try to get a lease for like seven years for like 15 acres and then start a farm for some years. I don't have to own the land. I just want to have a lease so I can produce some of my own food to get some experience mm-hmm. and then, uh, you know, be on the farm for like three to seven years, whatever happens. And then after that, okay. So that's like eight years down the road, eight years down the road or seven years. Let's say, let's just say seven years down the road. It's like how much I think about how much I'm going to have developed as a person how much energy I'm going to have. I'm going to be that much smarter. I'm going to have this much more knowledge, that much more energy. I'm going to know this. I'm going to know more people. So then at that point, it's like, okay, let's actually buy some land and we'll start the first community. And I call this the beta test community. This is a test community just for practice. So um, and let me back up for a second. Um, The passive goal right now is get as many people as possible to move to Lancaster. So most people on this diet don't know anybody on this diet. They're in it completely alone. So they have a really hard time sticking with it. And the people that find the diet, it takes a really long time for them to learn how to do it properly. And a lot of them quit the diet because they don't get good results because they don't know what they're doing or they don't have the emotional support. So I want people to move here because it's the best place to do the diet in regards to food sources. And uh, I have a group home, me, my girlfriend, and two friends. And I want to get a second group home so we can have like, you know, more people on the diet here. So the goal is get as many people as possible to move here. And have regular meetups. We're having a meetup this Saturday. There's somewhere between seven to twelve people coming, and um, you know we're gonna visit the Amish. We're gonna eat high meat. We're gonna hang out for a day, and um, 
So I can't just start a community with strangers on the internet. First, they have to come here and I actually have to get to know them and develop a real life relationship. So um, while I'm here, something really important is uh, networking, developing a social circle. Um, and everyone that I'm going to be friends with, they either have to either have to be willing to do the diet, they have to be into meditation, or they have to be into music, you know, and uh, develop a social circle based off of healthy lifestyles and um, try to influence people to do the diet. And what I found is that when I have friends with me on the diet, it's a lot easier to get more people to do the diet. So it's going to be a, a domino effect. So I need people to move here, develop relationships with them. In the future, we'll develop a community. And then uh, we start to develop the culture, start to, uh, the goal is to have an off-grid community, fully self-sustainable with its own economy. And, um, you know, that beta test community will go on for several years. And then um, 10, 12, 13, 14, 15 years down the road, I am very hopeful of who I'm going to be and the power I will have and the capability I'll have. And I'm like, you know, maybe I get 1,000 acres. Maybe I get 2,000 acres. Like my dream is I want to have like uh, 20 miles by 20 miles worth of land. And um, that way we can create a new society. I'm really unhappy with the, uh, the way society is. So um, the best thing that I think can do, think, sorry, the best thing that I can think to do is to leave society to create a new one and completely reinvent everything. Like I'm tired of seeing all this propaganda and like there's a lot of things I can I want to say I'm tired of seeing but I'll get uh in trouble for saying it but you probably know what I would say uh but some of it would include breathing cigarette smoke breathing car exhaust smelling people's perfume cologne seeing these flags promoting these harmful groups um you know going to places and hearing the TV hearing the degenerate brainwashing music you know breathing the pollution, hearing the highway, I can't have peace. And, um, you know, all the harmful practices of society, I don't want to have to experience that on a daily basis. You know, like the routine, the routine would be like, you wake up, you farm a little bit, you hang out in the day, you do your thing. And before you go to bed, you do a little bit more farming, like you milk the cows and whatever, you know? And um, I just want to create a new way of life, a new society. And, um, you know, raise the kids without brainwashing, raise them healthy and, um, that's my purpose in life to create this new society. And that's the best thing I could possibly do to serve humanity. And um, I will never be so sat satisfied until I uh, fulfill my dream. So that's, that's everything. That's amazing. I honestly don't think I'll be interested to see when this episode comes out, but I don't think you can really argue with that. <laughs> I don't think you can really argue with that because we're starting to see the effects of technology. We're starting to see that the farming industry isn't doing that well, like the farming in, in the way that that creates good quality food. We're starting to see the, the harm of divisiveness in politics. And we're starting to see how our health is sucking as a society. We know why, we know why, even the people that aren't eating red meat right now or red meat, raw meat right now, we know why we know why we're eating chemicals so i think we need you on this earth scott we really need you on this earth and not everyone is willing to step up and create change in the way that you are so this is exciting to me and i i have no doubt that you're gonna do this like which is cool it's cool to hear you talk about it and know that like you are you will follow through <laughs> yeah um one important thing with this is I'm not necessarily trying to change society because that's how you get taken down. 
I'm just trying to leave and do my own thing. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Because but if you create a revolution, you're going to get taken down, you know? Right. But, but you're giving people another option. Yeah. Yeah. To join and, you. Um, there's going to be lots of people who disagree with me, but they're still like similar. They're still on the diet. So I plan on there being several communities, several different societies. Um, you know, like some people, like, for example, like I'm not, I'm not a fan of Christianity, but there's a lot of people on the diet that are Christian. So like people like would probably put me in the category of new age. So mm -hmm. like you got this community, I'm not, I don't consider myself new age. Um, but you know, there's going to be a Christian primal diet community. There's going to be whatever primal diet community. There's going to be my primal diet community. So like anybody disagrees with me, it's like, Hey, go make your own community. Go join this one. There's already one for you. You know, they're, they're more like you over there. It's like, so a lot of this is a numbers game. You know, if somebody doesn't like it, you always go to the next person. And, um, you know, some people will say like, why do you have to be so, so controlling? It's because I want my community to be the, a certain way. If you don't like that, you can make your own, you know? So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. I can see this being very much the future. And like we saw, you know, how, how people reacted to the pandemic. And I've been saying this for a while too. Like, man, I want to create my own community, but I don't, I don't really know if I would yeah, like I don't know if I would want to lead a community like that. So I think it's cool that there are people like you that that do want to do this. Yeah. <laughs> Very interesting. Very cool. Okay, so I have one last question for you. I asked this to all the guests. What do you think the root of health is? Like if what what is the the foundation of health? What if we could focus on one thing to create health and wellness in our life, what would it be? raw food but not being vegan and raw animal products yeah but it's not only that well like i explained earlier like the cause of disease is toxins accumulating in the body so you know you need to absorb the toxins you need the right nutrients to remove them to break them down and they need the right nutrients to heal them so it's like you know you need the raw meat that's never been frozen you need the, the butter cream cheese you need the dairy you need the vegetable juice you need the hot baths like every single aspect of this diet is very important so you know, what you need is the diet. There is no other way, you know, because every other diet has extreme flaws, which will create deficiencies and diseases. Um, you know, like if a diet cooks anything, like you're creating deficiencies, like uh, you're destroying the enzymes, you're, cauter you're cauterizing the minerals, you're creating toxins, you know, or if you freeze your food, you're destroying the enzymes, you're damaging the nutrients, or if you have salt, you know, salt, it's a toxic substance, it's a rock, you know. So this is like the only healthy diet because every other diet has unhealthy practices in it all right amazing scott hall thank you so much for coming on this episode with me you guys scott hall does health consultations and you do those over zoom uh over the phone but i, I can do zoom okay over the phone or zoom um the drum circles are postponed but follow him on instagram what's your instagram handle scott primal Okay. Scott Primal on Instagram. You guys will not regret this shit. He has like a, just amazing content, super interesting guy. Um, keep up with his journey here. Scott, thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. Okay. You guys, I need your help here. I want to get word spread about the info that we share in this show. 
as much as possible. I want it to reach around the world. It already has. I want it to continue to reach around the world. And I want us to be able to share this information because this is empowering shit. You guys know that I only share empowering shit on here. I only share stuff that is going to make you feel like your dreams can become a reality and you can create what you want in your life and you can achieve what you want in your life and big changes can happen big evolution can happen in a positive direction in your life i've done that in my life it is my goal it is my life purpose to help as many other people achieve that as well so if you can help me do this i would be so grateful please share this episode share my podcast other people about my podcast share it on instagram I would just so appreciate that. Subscribe, uh, whatever we can do to get the word out more about this information. I love providing it for you guys. It makes me so happy and it would just mean the world to me if you continue to share it. I love you guys so much. Info on how to work with me is in the show notes. I have a group coaching course. I have one-to-one private coaching. I have a workshop. There will be more offerings in the future. I'm There's a lot going on. So all of this info is in the show notes and enjoy. I can't wait to see you on the next episode. Talk to you soon. I love you.